0: Hello, this is Russell from Tons of Evil, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight Podcast. Yes, welcome back, Looney listeners. You are listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 237, and you are with your high Ray. Hello, and uh, and joining me for this uh, episode at the top of the week, it's an idle chat, is a none other than a valued Looney and uh, cosmic force in his own right, the power, the power of Chad. Chad. Chad welcome welcome welcome. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, good good. Always good to have you back, Chad. Always great to always great to, you know, to shoot the breeze. Um we've got something uh, quite, you know, quite different that we started about a month ago. Uh, Chad is joining us to go through the second part of understanding DID. It's a bit of a sub segment that we have for, for idle chat and uh and graciously assisted by fellow looney uh, Lena, who's part of a, a drd system so this will be interesting chad i mean have you i don't know what were your thoughts when i when i came up to you and i said chad you know do you want to do you want to do this um are you fraught with um i don't know curiosity or or is it something that's a little daunting or what what, what do you make of this
1: I definitely say curiosity, if anything, because it's as far as it comes. It's better to be like more acquainted with these type of things. Mm. Yeah, just it just seems senseless to just cast it aside. It's generally part of something in Mark. Why not? Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it and it could actually lend itself to, um, you know, potentially make you appreciate Moon Knight or Mark Specter or you know his. Um, his travails a lot more by understanding this, uh, and also as well. Look, I uh, I should uh, point out that as as with part one, uh what Lane's article is also um, trying to do is dispel a, a couple of myths and misunderstandings of DID. So, so it's kind of to get you, the loonies who obviously love Moon Knight, uh, just a bit a bit more knowledge um, on what DID is and how that is potentially represented correctly or incorrectly in the comic books and uh, and so I so we'll, we'll go through this article with Lena and she does cite uh, some Moon Knight comics in it so it'll be interesting to go through uh, some modern runs as well. Uh, before we kick off any of that and some news of course I've got to um, thank our sponsors so of course the the is a huge thank you one and all uh, listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of the episodes. Show notes also on the Patreon temple on itkmoonnight.com. Uh, you can see the names listed there. And uh, the one on the website will be all the Petrunis uh, that do uh, pledge. Um, and the ones that are credited on the show notes, uh, that's based on the particular tiers. So, uh, just a little clarification there. A big thank you to Daniel, Drew, Justin, Derek, Kyle, Wayne, Jordan, Josh, James, Anthony, and Michael. Thank you so much. One and all. It's a, uh, it's a big treat. Um, and it's lovely to, to be able to, uh, you know, to be a little bit more unfettered when it comes to, you know, to doing pot, just get to do the fun stuff and not worry about the, uh, the other side, the administration side of things, so to speak. Um, also as well, a, we must shout out our, our, uh, Petrini sponsors. First of all, Drew Toombs. Uh, he's got two, uh, monikers that he goes under Toombs on SoundCloud and Lurk Music on Bandcamp. So all to do with different sorts of genres of music. Go check out Drew's, uh, dance music that he produces on SoundCloud under Tombs, and he also does uh, horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes under Lurk Music with a CK on Bandcamp. Uh, as always as well, uh, Long, Stalwart, uh, Looney and Petroni, Daniel Doing and his creation Fringe Night, an in- original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own mysterious superhero. Go check it out. He's doing great stuff. Chad, you know, he. there was an Erie Comic Con not that long ago and I was chatting with Daniel. Uh, he obviously set up a stall for Fringe Night. He had uh, this is this is the amount of dedication Daniel does. Uh, he got a cosplayer to cosplay as one of his characters, and she kind of was in character and was at the stall as well. Uh, there was a whole, a uh, full suit of Fringe Night in the background. Obviously, Daniel didn't wear it during the uh, the weekend, but it was there for everyone to see. And uh, he said his store he sold out that weekend, which is pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. For those that didn't, they don't have video. Uh, Chad just raised the eyebrows there <laughs> and it whistled. So well done, Daniel. I just want to give you a shout out there. And finally, Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the superhero superstore. So that's uh, thank you one and all. Uh, so Chad, before we get into understanding DID. We do have a bit of white noise, so I just wanted to get your thoughts on some of them. Again, smattered throughout, uh, nothing too big, but, uh, you know, worth discussing anyway. The first thing, kicking us sorry, Chad, were you about to say something? Uh,
1: I didn't say anything yet.
0: Okay, <laughs> I thought you were about to. Um, kicking kicking off, uh, there was that photo chat. Um, so some of the loonies may know in the Facebook group and on social media, Willem Dafoe Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac were photographed together, all flipping the bird uh, at the camera. Uh, so uh, I'm assuming they're all in Hungary. First we got Mark Ruffalo. Now we got Willem Dafoe. What the hell is happening over there in Hungary, Chad? <laughs>
1: um, tell me. I guess is- <laughs> I will tell you everything I know, Right. <laughs> um I think that there's sort of like an ongoing joke. Uh, Apparently, Willem Dafoe likes to flip the bird everywhere he goes. It's like uh, Martin Freeman, who also just
0: throws that thing up all the time. Does he? Oh, okay. I didn't know I can see it more from Willem Dafoe than from Martin Freeman. Uh, It reminds me of also John Berthel. Always does the... um, You've seen photos of him. He always... He always points at something. Like, So if, if there's a fan that he's doing a selfie with, he'll just like point at the fan, or he'll point at uh, a Funko Pop of, or toy figure of his, of the Punisher or something. He, yeah, he always does that. They, they seem to have their own signature things. But Willem Dafoe, why not? Flip the bird. He's old enough. Who cares?
1: <laughs> I've been watching that guy since uh, Crybaby. Oh. Uh, that old Johnny Depp uh, Oh, musical. yes. Right. Did that have Nick Cave yeah. in there as well? I wouldn't doubt it. There's tons of weird things. Yeah. Actually, come to think of it,
0: I think Ethan Hawke was in that too. Oh, a bit of a, a connection there between Ethan Hawke and Willem Dafoe. But yeah, okay. But um, apart from flipping the bird, what is this thing about them all congregating in Hungary? Chad, is this is this is Marvel just shooting there because of uh, cheap rates? Or I mean, taking nothing away from it, it's a beautiful and Budapest beautiful beautiful country. But it's just a bit of a coincidence that we get Mark Ruffalo, and now we've got Willem Dafoe, um, all doing different movies. But we get the common thread here of Ethan Hawke and Oscar. Isaac, what's going on?
1: Hmm. That is perplexing. <laughs> I would honestly have to just say that it's just you know, cheap rates for filming rights. I mean, lots of different, like, diverse biomes to go to. Why not?
0: Look I'm going to go there Chad I'm going to be the one to to shake the tree is this something to do with Spider-Man No Way Home are we going to see Moon Knight are we going to see Moon Knight's nemesis are we going to see the Hulk in Spider-Man and and are we going to see like it's it's kind of half revealed that we're going to see the Green Goblin there I mean that's that's kind of a given are they all going to yeah. be there what is happening
1: I mean they showed <laughs> off the pumpkin bombs rolling yep. they definitely have Doc Ock showing back up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Alfred Molina looking very sharp. Um, yes. I would love to see Willem Dafoe back, though. I, I would as well. Like, in one state or another. Just, he's a great actor.
0: I would, um, and again, this is just personal taste, okay? So please take it with a grain of salt, loonies. Um, I would prefer it if he doesn't come back in that costume and potentially in another costume, um, there was that one, I don't know if you saw it, it's an animatronic one, or oh, I don't know what you call it. it was that a, one was terrifying. That was cool, wasn't it? Imagine yeah. Willem Dafoe in that. I mean, he's already got such a, a articulate face, so it's a shame to, to hide it. But that that costume in Spider-Man hit his face anyway. So, um, yeah, so that's my only kind of hope. Um, or the other thing, are they all in the Multiverse of Madness? But I think perhaps they may have wrapped up shooting. I saw something with... Elizabeth Olsen, and it's either she's wrapped up her bits for the movie or or they've just wrapped up the whole film as it is. So, I don't know. They've wrapped up the entire hap- film. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, All
1: the secrets are contained
0: now. Oh, don't you wonder sometimes that, like, those actors... Sometimes? Sometimes? <laughs> but no, but don't you wonder, like, they've got that knowledge in their head and they've just obviously got to bite their tongue, but the things they know, how cool is that? It's like, oh... Benedict Cumberbatch, the things that he knows. Uh, but anyway, okay. Well, that was a, a little bit of, uh, on screen news there, Loonies. Uh, Oscar Isaac again. You know, um, groundbreaking. We're expecting groundbreaking, groundbreaking stuff from him, as he, uh, as he said. Uh, apart from that, Chad, uh, let me just have a look. Oh, yeah, um, on the comic front, there, were some variant covers that were released. Um, so we know issue three coming out, uh, this coming Wednesday. Uh, from what I know, there's the other one with Miles Morales. It's a variant cover, which looks pretty cool. Miles Morales, um, celebration or something. You know how they have these variant covers, they pay homage to, to characters. Miles Morales is there and Moon Knight's in the background. Looks pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. But we've got some for Issue 4. And uh want to um, shout out Looney John Marsden from the Facebook group. Uh, he posted it up. So, Chad, this first one looks like a ripper. Moon Knight Issue 4 Stormbreaker's Venomized Variant by Joshua Kassara. Uh, what do you make of this? I think
1: it is very inditing about what could be going on here. Right? So, it basically shows off like a papyrus font... Uh, Just, like, beautiful pictogram here, uh, hieroglyphics on this wall. And there's a Knight of the Moon wearing all black with a wagging tongue like it's Venom. Mm. And, uh, I mean, we all know that Moon Knight has been around for a while. It's a legacy character. And as of, what was it, four years ago that Venom turned into, like, this... Age old threat, you
0: know, mm. going on with
1: like Brendel and was all that. Was that four years?
0: Was that? Geez. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It seems like a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. That was like starting up right when I started on the podcast with you guys.
0: Oh, right. Wow. Yeah. That's true. That's for about four years. Um, yeah. It's, it's a beautiful variant cover. I, I love oh, this yeah. old school, you know, hieroglyphics and you know Egyptian artwork I think that's great it actually reminds me of another one I, again I haven't got it in the prom sheet there's one which is all kind of more profile and it's got Moon Knight kneeling and then there are some other Egyptian I think there's Khonshu and some other Egyptian servants around him in this kind of format I can't remember for what issue that is Uh but Looney's. It's got to be between four, four to six, right? <laughs> Issues four to six. I, I don't know. Sorry, sorry. I just came across it on Discord or Twitter, and I thought that's a really cool um, cover. But sorry about that. I, I don't have that information. But this one looks does this one really does look good as well? The, the uh, large crescent darts as well, Chad. Um, well, they're not darts even. They're now they're more like just blades, or cutting implements.
1: Yeah, they're like. Uh... It's like some kind of throwing dagger because, you know, it's got like obviously like two edges.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: each one of those edges is like double edged as well. So it's like,
0: it's very edgy. It's what? Way- <laughs> oh man, if I remember, I've got to put in that drum roll. <laughs> um, no, very good. But one to consider, it doesn't have a ratio to it. So I'm hoping it's like a, an easily obtainable one i'd be pretty keen to get this one just because the beauty looks really good oh yeah um there's a second one also it's a 1 to 25 uh so you wouldn't expect it to be two 1 to 25s aren't that bad in price i think they could go up to 25 to 30 bucks maybe us i think for one to 25s and then they go crazy after that Um, but this one is gabriel delotto uh yeah, this is a nice one, Chad. It's it's uh I'm about to say very reminiscent of the Declan Shelby, but actually it's taking directly from the cappuccio, Jed McKay. Uh, you know, that that is the costume with the um with the shoulder um crescents. Uh he's yeah. all in black. Uh yeah. It just it just looks pretty cool. Just a black and white one and he's throwing some crescent darts towards you. Um so A couple of those variants released for Issue 4. Now, I just want to backtrack as well. This was um, dropped in our Discord. Uh, So, apart from the Miles Morales issue variant uh, for Issue 3, there's an exclusive Alex Maleev Virgin and Logo variant. Yeah. What do you make of this one, Chad? It's very Alex Maleev. It is. Like how
1: luminous the cloak is. And, you know, how offset it is because, like, usually you know, Alex Maleev characterizes, you know, Moon Knight as being, like, this ghost. It's very yeah. ominous. And in this, it's, like, the only thing with that, like, aspect to it is uh, the cloak. Yeah. Because his body's very solid. It's, like, completely different material. It's mm-hmm.
0: just very off. It's pretty cool. I just say. It was very yeah. spectral and, and all that. Um. Uh, to me, it looks like, and I'm just looking at it, it's probably a, a, an inferior image, but uh, it looks like it's more of the, the Bendis Maliv run, like that that kind of costume. It doesn't look like the Delotto one that we just spoke of, so it doesn't look like the, the current um, costume that Moon Knight has, mm-hmm. but I could be wrong. Uh, but, yeah, it looks good. He's hunched over, kind of gargoyle-esque. Uh, you know, they love doing that for, for the street-level... Who hasn't? Who hasn't leered over a gargoyle, you know, atop of a roof, Spider-Man, Daredevil, Midnight. I'm sure. I don't think I've seen Dreamwalker do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that, that, it's a lot of fun. It apparently it costs a bit. It's got here. I've got here forty not fifty bucks. That could be for both of them. So that's that's okay. Do you ever get Virgin covers, Chad? Ah, uh,
1: no, I don't have that kind of money. <laughs>
0: i i mean yeah i don't know as well but this one seems not that bad like it's what 25 25 us so if you if you have it between the two but yeah that is a bit xy for a, a um if
1: i was in the business of like binding entire runs together i'd definitely get virgin
0: covers no oh, okay. because that
1: would just go perfect with each other
0: oh yeah that with would look each- very spectacular um and also, finally, and apologies, Lenny, just kind of going through this rather quickly because I uh, really would like to dive into Lena's article. Um, we got uh, Rebecca. I want to shout out Rebecca. She dropped this off in Discord. The December solicits uh, were revealed for Moon Knight. Here, um, Chad, have you got the, the blurb handy? Yeah.
1: Uh, December solicit uh, covered by Carlos Pacheco mm-hmm.
0: from... Spider Woman. No, that's Carla Pacheco. Yeah, they, they. Carla Pacheco. Yeah, they always get the mix up. Carla has a has a field day with that because like she always gets mistaken for Carlos Pacheco, who's, who's the artist. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's um, that's, that's
1: what, like, I swear, I've heard that Yeah, name. yeah,
0: it's very funny. Yeah.
1: Well, now I look silly. Uh what's <laughs> name? See, uh, Devil's Rain, villain variant, mm-hmm. cover by Raza beaten, bloody, his world burning down around him this was how the Moon Knight was born and now it's happening all over again outmaneuvered, outgunned outplanned Moon Knight's mysterious enemy has strode out of the shadows to strike and when his villain strikes they strike true, at the mercy of a maniac will Moon Knight die again that's cool yeah and uh, the covers, it's pretty telling. It's you know, Moon Knight, yeah. not in Crime Alley, but you know, his body on some newspaper mm-hmm. in an alley somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one, I, I, I'm not sure which one's by Raza and which one's by Carlos Pacheco, to be completely honest with you. Uh, the other one is, yeah. is a little telling as well. It, it's got Moon Knight. Um, overwhelmed by more vermin, so we say, I guess we see more vermin there and the exciting thing is in issue six, I guess the reveal of who this person is that has been lurking across the street um, should be interesting uh, who was it that uh, we, I was talking with with Noel and Justin, and we came up I was in one of the previous episodes uh, and we thought, hang on what if it 's this person um I'm, i can 't remember who Maybe Nimrod Strange. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Arsenal. <laughs> that would be that would be funny. Um, but yeah, I guess it will be revealed then. Uh, and interesting because that's issue six, so that would potentially be the end of that first arc. So, so we don't get to see them until until the very end, like the last issue. So that's that's interesting. Um, any any thoughts, Chad, as to who that might be? Have you have you got your your theory hat on?
1: I mean, I honestly think it's just going to be some random, like anthropic uh, moon priest. So got my money down on that. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. Well, I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Um, but very exciting stuff, and I like the idea that the way that was framed in this solicit, um, it's happening. It's happening all over again. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's a callback to him dying. I- I'm assuming. Uh, in the hands of being left to die from Bushman. Uh he's 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 going down that track again. Um I doubt it would be referring to uh, maybe it's just in the sense of abstractly of just dying, because I was about to say with him in Spectacle, um at the end of Mark Specter Moon Night it was a very different scenario, but he still died in that in that sense. I don't think his body's gonna decay away, but um I guess he's he's at death's door again. I guess that's that's it. So um yeah, interesting. Anyway, loonies, uh, check it out if you can in our social media groups or platforms. Uh, the the fo- the pictures, whatever you call them, um, the covers should be ready available, uh, readily available there. Um, right, Chad. So let's get to this. So this is exciting. So in case you you haven't heard of uh, part one that we did, understanding dissociative identity disorder, um, we've been. Working in collaboration with with Doug slash Lena, um, they they're part of a system. A D, they they have DID themselves, and Lena in particular, um, she is very interested in in this side of things when it comes to reading the comics. Um, so she reached out to us and said, "Look, I, I'd love to write articles um, for the show, and um, to kind of dispel some myths and 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 kind of." Bring loonies up to speed a bit more with what DID is actually about. Um, and I mean, previously with the Mensch run and such, uh, it hasn't been represented, you know, accurately. So this is going to be interesting. Um, and so what, what Chad and I will do is we'll read through Lena's article and, uh, yeah, I guess we'll just stop when, when we feel we have any questions, Chad, or, or, um, you know, we, can expand on on something that Lena has written. So, um, why don't you kick us off chat with uh, the opening paragraph, and we'll uh, we'll see where we go.
1: Okay. Let's See. Hello, fellow loonies. This is Lena again with my first issue specific review of Moon Knight's representation of DID. For this one, I'll be going through issue number nine of the Lemire and Smallwood run. Very good one. Incarnations, part four. This issue tells a story of how Mark merged his other identities into himself so that he could be one whole person. This one really hit me hard because it reminded me of some very difficult times in my slash our life. But I think it's important that I explain why this process of trying to merge alters doesn't always work as smoothly as it did in this issue. Because of this, something that a lot of people misunderstand about DID.
0: Yeah, so, I mean, off the back again of part one, uh, th- one of the things that I really learnt from Lana's article and what I-, I guess is alluded to here is that um, previously, I guess therapists mm-hmm. and such Try to merge uh, these altars and and these identities into one, whereas I guess that 's not really the way to go um, it 's more like trying to, to trying to manage and, and um, i guess live with with these other identities that seems to be more of a healthier option um, also the misconception that the mind has splintered into these these fragments of identities. Which um a lot of kind of comics and stuff I guess in pop culture um represent D I D in where it, where it isn't actually the case at all. It's more like um it's not like it's splintered off into various regions. It's more like the mind is always there, but it's just kind of um and, I guess working on a very complex level. Um, yeah. So uh yeah, so I can understand why that in this issue, Incarnation is part four, um it would have really hit hard for Lena. Um Yeah. Uh, going on, Lana says, the first page of the issue starts with a space night mark, explaining how he was so excited to sign up for the space program. But then when a virus started turning people into werewolves, he had to evacuate as many people as possible to the experimental base on the moon. He talks about how hard it was to see people he cares about being turned into monsters. He concludes by saying very angrily, and now you have the nerve to stand here and look me in the eyes and tell me that none of that ever happened, that none of it was real.
1: Yeah. That was was rough because, you know, that's his reality.
0: Mm. And
1: just reading through that, it's just really intense.
0: Yeah. I mean, imagine that. Imagine anything that you had... Held as as you know, real and anything that you kind of anchored your yourself with and uh, your your life to. Imagine if that was just like flipped around and just no, no, none of that is actually, yeah, is true. Um, it's a it's a it's a pill to take. Yeah. Okay.
1: Next paragraph. Okay, I think I need to pause here and explain something. I know. That we are all taught that anything that is all in our head is not real but this kind of thinking is somewhat counterproductive when you are dealing with the id system you see to us the things that happen in our internal world the world inside our mind are very real the internal world may not be real in the same way that external as the external world it may not be made of atoms or molecules. It may not follow all the same laws of physics as the external world, but it's a mental construct in our mind that is home to all of us who aren't out in our physical body at any given time. Things that happen in the internal world can and do influence our life in the external world, and vice versa. However, it is problematic when alters get so wrapped up in the reality of the internal world that they can't even tell the difference between internal reality and external reality. When that happens, though, it's not really productive to tell them that their internal reality is not real, because that just makes them feel like they're trying to invalidate their experience. Rather, it's important that they understand and yeah, that the internal and external worlds are both real. But they are both different. Uh, there are some differences between them. It's important to them to recognize and accept those differences.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think this is a major thing as well, and it's something that um, just takes a little time for, I guess, uh, people like ourselves, Chad, to, to get our head around. I mean, of course, like the stuff like it, it's in your head. I mean, there's that even that saying: it's all in your, it's in your head. Like you know, it's it's not based on the laws of physics. It's not real. But in this instance, and I like the way that Lane has actually phrased it, is, be, is the fact that these other alters and these identities are like they're not physically manifest. They they do exist, but they exist on a different, in a different kind of um, plane. So to say to to them that it's not real is again, it's pretty much uh, as as mentioned in that um, that little description of space night mark it's kind of taking the floor under their feet and saying look it's not real what do you mean like this is where this is where i inhabit this is where i exist in this reality and and so i think um i mean as lana says as well it's it's understanding that um and there's a i guess it's a coexisting of those two realities that that you have to kind of Ex- like accept um and and not only the people with the id but people who are associated with someone or know know people with the id to kind of understand that uh, and to respect that um but yeah that's uh um an interesting like i've never thought of that kind of um a premise for 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 people with the id but yeah
1: i kind of get how that goes on the external side of things, because I deal with a lot of residents being a CNA and med tech that have dementia mm-hmm. and they have these fragments of past memories that they're reliving. And, you know, it's like when that hits, you can't just tell them something's not real mm. because they're still living in it through. You can't just do that.
0: Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I remember, uh, cause my, um you know to share as well like my my father before he passed as well he, it it was it seemed pretty clear that he was already uh a few stages in to to dementia um and all that and, and it got very frustrating for me like you know because i i think one as as a son you know as, as someone real, and and seeing your father like that i don't know, this is just me but it was like oh i got frustrated and annoyed when he would say stuff you know and it would be like no 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 it's it's like it's like this you know um i should have understood more and and i i learned later on that people people saying look you know people with dementia just don't like ruffle them like just just go with it because all you could do when you kind of shake them by saying by going against what they're saying is that you you just kind of really really distressing i can imagine for them for the same reasons that we're we're saying this reality, uh, the internal world. If if someone's told with DID that that's not real, I mean that's uh, really shaking the foundations of what they what they truly believe in. So exactly as you're saying, Chad. I think that's um, yeah, that's a that's something that we've we've got to be mindful of. I guess if we have the um, if we're we're you know lucky enough to have the um, the mindset and proclivity to um, to to be able to function, in air quotes, like normally, uh, but just how to, you know, how, how to um, coexist with, with yeah with others that that may view things differently. So yeah. Um, moving on, Lana says on the following two page spread, Mark Spector answers um, answers Space Knight Mark Mark's question by saying, "I'm sorry, but none of you are real." Uh, I wasn't sure I was either, not for a while, but now I know I am. Ouch. That really hit home for me because it reminded me of what I went through for years when we were misdiagnosed by therapists who didn't understand DID. I wanted to address this answer separately from the question because Space Mark, Knight Mark's question was more about his feeling that Mark was invalidating his internal world. And Mark's answer was more about invalidating the altars themselves, which is a separate issue and perhaps even more important to understand. Um, So that's, I mean, that's an example, I guess, of exactly what we were kind of discussing, Chad. um, Yeah. About someone just invalidating it. Um, Yeah.
1: And to that point, it's, you know, it's a bit insulting telling people what they can and can't exist in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's a common misunderstanding that there's one real or original identity in a DID system, which is usually thought of as one of those who bears the appearances and legal name of the physical body. And all that, all the others are less real because they split off from the original. In fact, years ago, that used to be the commonly accepted clinical ah, understanding of DID. In more recent years, among clinicians who studied dissociation and trauma, it has come to be understood that that's not really how DID works.
0: Yeah, so I guess this is a, a question then I have for Lana because um, it's clear what I guess Lana is spelling out here in the article about um, there, there's a misunderstanding that there's one real or original. And I can see that, um, but. Say for instance we take Mark Specter Moon Knight, like he um he was born and he grew up as Mark Spectre. Right. So he so like that to me isn't he isn't that the original, you know, not to say not to say that the others that come up later are any less so, but by some definition that that is the 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 first one, right? Like before before the trauma happens before the trauma happens and the other identities kind of surface, um, there's always got to be like, there's always, I mean, I guess what I'm saying, there's always got to be a a, um, a set out point. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's also got to be a start. Um, So I guess my question to Lena would be then um, I can understand, yeah, I can understand what what she's saying, but then uh, by that definition though, there would be a, There will be original. I mean, I I don't want to say that without, I don't want to say that and lessen any of the other identities, but it's, but, but by that definition, they were there first. I I don't know. What do you think, Chad?
1: I mean, I think it kind of goes by case by case basis with the altars and Mm. the system itself, I I haven't been in the system, so I can't yeah, say. Yeah,
0: yeah, no, no, exactly. I mean, let's look at the way that it's represented in Moon Knight. Um, it's it's certainly, it certainly seems to me that Mark Spector's the um, not the dominant identity, but he, we we went through his origin, um, mm-hmm. right, and and even if you look at the Lemire run, um, when he meets as a child Stephen, his imaginary friend, yeah. Uh, he and his father, like the father referred to him as Mark. So he was, he, he was there first before some trauma happened. And we saw it later on with the Max Bemis run with Uncle Ernst, massive trauma, um, cause it, but, yeah. but that was, but again, that was Mark, right? Mark was there first. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, m- maybe just more clarification, uh, Lena, but I, I, I kind of get, I know. Where you going? But I guess I'm just, my logical mind is, is, um, just, yeah, fighting me. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on. The alters in a DID system are, are identities who have diverged from each other to help compartmentalize the difficult thoughts and feelings that are caused by traumatic events. Uh, but that doesn't make any of them less real. Yeah, certainly. Uh, it just means that the different parts of the self of a person with DID are organized differently, divided into separate identities rather than integrated into one whole identity. One useful metaphor I've found to help explain this concept is that a DID system is sort of like a pizza. If you take a whole pizza and slice it into six or eight, or however many slices, um, would you, you point to one of those slices and say, this slice is the original pizza, the real pizza, and all of the other slices are fake pizza? Of course not. They are all still real and still parts of the original pizza. They are just divided instead of one whole pizza. This is a very cool analogy, I think. Um, this also means that all of us, including the one who bears the name and appearance of the physical body, i.e. Mark Specter, or in the case of our system, Doug Vincent, uh, are, are alters. We are not parts of Doug. We are parts with Doug. Parts of what would have been one identity if we had not been traumatised in childhood, I guess that explains it. Then uh, it, it kind of makes it clearer to me. Um, I don't know. What What are your thoughts, Chad, about that?
1: I know it's sort of like pop culture at this point, but I mean, ship of Theseus, right?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, uh, that again. I, again, I like the, the analogy of the pizza and and. Um, And that's true. And so what I was saying before about Mark Spector, he was being there first. I guess I've just got to get out of that mindset that he was there first, right? I mean, all the others were there, Like all the other slices of pizza were there, right? So, um, yeah. So I guess you can't say that that slice of Mark Spector, whether or not it came first or not, is there. I mean, because... I guess another way of trying to understand it is that we all have, say for instance, and again, I I get apologies if, if this is going over or stepping over. Um, say for instance, Chad, you and I, we all have within us, within our mind, the ability obviously to have tens, twenty, thirty, fifty different identities within ourselves, but our minds have integrated into one whole, you know, so they're all, they're all, they're all there. They're just, you know, they're all there, but they're they're just all kind of stitched together. I guess with the ID, the, say for Mark Spector, so the Stephen Grants, the Jake Lockleys, the Moon Knights, they're all just as Mark Spector as Mark Spector. And again, I don't, that's kind of, again, leading towards Mark Spector being a dominant. ID. But I mean, this abstract version of Mark Spector, say call it just MS, mm. this MS has Mark Spector, oh. Moon Knight, Um
1: well ms is also a term for multiple oh yeah fair fair enough
0: (laughs) let's say let's say say blobby so this blobby has um yeah has within it mark specter and whether or not mark specter comes out is is there from the get-go that's only just one component of the whole so from from the beginning we just see that one component and it's been labeled because it was there first. But that doesn't necessarily mean the ones that don't come out later weren't there. They were all there. I guess that... I, I think that's how I, how I see it. Lena, if I'm wrong, please please pull me up.
1: <laughs> Definitely pull us yes, up. Yes, please. Like. <laughs> please. Um, on the next page, Mark exhibits this misunderstanding of DID by saying, but all of you are just part of me. And if I'm ever going to be whole again, you need to go. Moon Knight responds with what I think most alters would say when confronted with this logic, which is, go? Go where? I can definitely empathize with this confusion. What Mark is trying to say is that he needs to be merged with him, integrated back uh, into one whole identity. However, as stated by my previous article... For this podcast, or for this podcast, merging isn't necessarily the only path to healing for someone with DID, and it doesn't work for everyone. It certainly didn't work for us.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so, again, <clears throat> maybe a highlight there from Lena about, um, and from Lemire, potentially not, <clears throat> well, maybe that's what Lemire was, oh, I don't know whether that was his intent or not, but that's not really the way to deal with it. You can't just tell an identity an altar to go because that's like if I like telling you Chad, like, you know, Chad, you gotta go. But but, you know, I'm part of Chad. No, 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 no. You gotta go. So yeah, it's all about integration. Um and yeah. So I need to see that now as well. Which then, I mean, wow, which really does um put the Lemiran in a different light. With a sense of representation of D.R.D. because I'm thinking of that very last issue, Chad. Remember that where he kind of um, crushes Conshu and and um, oh, maybe I'm getting that wrong. But uh, m- no, actually, maybe that is more integrating his personality. Um, I can't, it's been a while since I've read the Let Me <laughs> Run, but he doesn't get rid of the others. Like he he literally yeah. integrates them, doesn't he?
1: I think that for the most part, destroying Khonshu in that mind state. To a degree, that's more of a unification of the other personas, the other alters, than anything. Sure, there's accepting them. Sure, there's giving them space. Mm. But Khonshu was the one manipulating all of
0: them. And and, and in that instance, it's very different because Khonshu is not part of the system. Um, So we've got someone with DRD, and on top of that... There's another foreign identity kind of in that reality, in that mindscape. So, uh, yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, Anyway, Lena uh, continues and says, Before we met our current therapist who specializes in trauma and dissociation, we spent nine years with five different therapists, including a psychologist and a psychiatrist, who all misdiagnosed us. They refused to admit that we had DID, despite the fact that we had multiple conversations with them as four different identities, Doug, Lena, Lilith, and Heidi. They claimed that Lilith, Heidi, and myself were delusions that Doug created due to stressful events. Let me tell you, it really sucks to have someone call you a delusion to your face. My God, that would be terrible. Um, They told us that we had to merge with Doug so that he could live a normal life as one whole person again. Wow. Okay. Over the course of those nine years, we tried every method our therapist could think of, uh, and some that I thought of on my own to try to merge us, and nothing worked. Sometimes it would appear to work, but eventually uh, we would realize that we were still separate, and it was back to the old drawing board. It was like trying to combine two different colors of play doh. You can squish the yellow and red play-doh together into one ball, but no matter how hard you press on it, it won't become one ball of orange play-doh. That's how it was for us. Doug would appear to be one merged self, but as soon as he started to notice the differences between the parts of himself that were always Doug and the parts that used to be Lena, Lilith or Heidi, he would realise that those parts are still separate and we would be back to being our separate selves. Yep. So this is again, um, Chad going on those two lines, uh, chains of thought of merging these identities into, into the one, like of, of getting these fragments and bringing them back to like piecing together, you know, a a puzzle again that has like fallen on the floor and spilled. Or, and, and these older, the nine psychiatrists and therapists and psychologists seem to be misdiagnosing it and doing it. Um, but from what Lena has said and what we have learned from the previous article, it's all about how to coexist with it um, rather than to try and bring Doug to the normal. Um, I don't know. Any questions there for Laina, uh, Chad?
1: Not so much questions, but just it seems like the more all these misdiagnoses have gone through and the more, trauma that has been heaped up onto it, onto the system with all these like kind of weird associations. Mm -hmm. It's, it seems like it just makes the puzzle fit less than (laughs) us. So, well,
0: well, I wonder again, and this is a question to Lena as well, because I think she alluded to it as well. I wonder if it has worked for others. Like, I mean, it spells out clearly in these articles that that's an antiquated way to go. It's not not a, a fit for everyone. Um, but I wonder if it had actually been achieved or whether it is as uh, Lena had, had written uh, this one identity it's with the Play-Doh, you know, they're just kind of fooling themselves and, and trying to have it as merged, but they're not really merged. Um but, yeah, I, I wonder, so, Lena, yeah, please, um, I wonder if, if there are instances. I mean, I understand that it's a, an, an old-fashioned way to do it and, and probably the wrong way to go about it, but um, it just seems from your, your writing that potentially there were some success uh, cases. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so I've forgotten. Where, where are we, Chad? Is it my go or your go? was <laughs> my okay. go. Okay.
1: I was just, it felt like he had something to say. Okay. I'm certainly not trying to say, however, that merging never works. Oh. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> or can't work. There are lots of DID systems who claim that some or all of their alters have merged, and I don't want to invalidate their experiences. I'm only trying to say that it didn't ever work for us. Mm-hmm. When we finally met our current therapist who diagnosed us with DID and told us that we could learn to live together without merging it was a huge relief we then started to find out that there were a lot uh, were a lot more a lot more than just four of us sorry i kept skipping lines um when it didn't matter because this new therapist was teaching us the tools we needed to live together in harmony. And those tools still work no matter how many of us there are.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so a bit of egg on my face there. Lena's <laughs> pretty much answered that question. And again, I just want to um, uh, reiterate, Lena, so um, I'm assuming Chad as well, I'm, I'm coming into this article fresh. I, I know that you sent it to, to me a while ago, but I wanted to get like the... Um, Sincere reactions to to the article as we we are doing the show. So um, I, I like to leave it, um, and we kind of Chad and I um, just work through uh, work through it. So apologies that my my five minute spiel was answered in your next paragraph. But uh, <laughs> uh, uh, but in any case, yeah, I guess as well, Chad. Um, whatever whatever really works. You know, you know what I mean um as Lana said, it may work for others to try and merge but uh if if it was a huge relief to to see if you can coexist and if you can function in society and not be um not be harmful to yourself or or um or uh i don't want to say like trouble for others but if you, you yeah if you can if you can exist in society like however way you manage it, then that's um, that's a good thing. I mean, that's, you know, we all don't have to be the same. I mean, you know, that's a, that's the idea. So we all kind of, but, you know, as long as, you know, as long as we're kind and good to each other, that's all that, that is all that matters, really, isn't it? You know, we can function properly. Um, but yeah. So thank you, Lana, for that last, uh, last one. So anyway, Lana continues, but anyway, enough about us for now. Back to Moon Knight. Over the course of the next several pages, uh, Mark tries to merge the others in various ways. First, Space Knight Mark, being the newest and least fully formed, simply fades away. I've met other systems who have alters who are fragments, who don't seem like fully formed identities. Since we don't have any of those, I'm not sure if those types of alters would be easier to merge or not. However, I do know that when we have encountered alters in our system who were newly formed... In some cases just days before, they still seemed just as separate as any of the others and would therefore not be any easier to try to merge if we were still trying to do that. So that's interesting. Um, Chad, I guess I guess, um, I guess it's, that again dispels this interpretation of Lemire that Space Knight Mark can't just fade away because... He's like the newest or may, maybe least formed. I guess it just it just doesn't work that way.
1: I'm gonna guess that has a lot to do with different variables involving why that drama decided to take that route. I mean mm-hmm.
0: mm-hmm. okay.
1: it's actually cut and dry on how you can just say an event takes its place and of importance in your mind.
0: Mm. It's
1: like you know, it's your stimuli. It's you know your emotional trauma that goes with it.
0: Mm-hmm. It's just yeah.
1: There's a lot that goes into memory.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. Oh, I mean, yeah, the mind is such a complex thing. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it is interesting as well. And I guess Lane is just just showcasing um how this representation in comics is done for yeah for better or worse. Um, um, but we def- definitely that instance with Space Knight Mark seems to be. Uh, yeah, like a an interesting point, I guess, the way that he kind of disappears in that sense.
1: Okay. The next go is Moon Knight, which is, interestingly, Mark refers to as Jake Lockley, a.k.a. Moon Knight. Most of the other writers who have portrayed Moon Knight and Jake are two separate alters. But here, Lemire seems to be saying that they're are they are the same. I'm not sure if that means that they were two altars that have merged or Moon Knight was always just Jake's superhero alias. But either way, Mark sees Jake slash Moon Knight as the most violent of all uh, of them all. He tries to reason with Jake, but he just responds with anger and violence. So Mark reluctantly returns to the violence, killing Jake, quote unquote, with a crescent dart. It's probably the worst possible way to try and merge <laughs> oh, alters. Yeah. yeah. It's not possible to kill alters, while a physical body is still alive. So it's likely that trying to merge with other alters by violent means will only make them more angry and or more untrusting and afraid. Even if it seems to work, it will probably lead to guilty feelings and resentment If that altar ever separates again, which, like I said, happened to us eventually after every time we thought we were merged. But in this story, it seems to have worked with the dead, quote unquote, Moon Knight fading away to nothingness, like Space Knight Mark before him. Mark then turns to Stephen Grant, only to find that Stephen has run away. Can you blame him?
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. One of the things i remember... Uh, and it's still available on our website rtkmoonnight.com dot Is um, a link to is it Beauty After Bruises? It, it's a, a non profit organisation that that Lena uh, pointed me towards, and it it goes about in the same way that Lena is. Um, it, in our journey on ITK, is trying to dispel a lot of myths, and one of the big no nos was do not try to kill one of your alters, you know. And so I guess we we see that laid to bear here with uh, with Lemire, uh, Lemire's run of Mark um, just killing Jake Lockley. Um, it just. Uh, you know, even just on a – it just seems like a, a very risky thing to do, you know, because you're playing with a human mind and you are potentially uh, stuffing up, you know, st- stuffing up the, the, the equilibrium that is the mind by killing, like, one part of your mind. It just – yeah. Um, but, yeah, we definitely get that here.
1: <clears> hmm. <throat> Generally, just don't kill people. Good well, idea.
0: Actually, Jed's <laughs> taken it one step further. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> to, whether in the physical world or the mindscape, just don't kill anyone. Uh, yeah, which um, which is very like, it was such a aggressive move by by Moon Knight here to just take him out. Um, but again, I think this is the whole thing of trying to merge or trying to trying to have one sort of dominant identity. Um, be, you know, be there at the end, the last man standing. But yeah, I can uh, definitely see how that absolutely works against what you'd want to do with someone with D.R.D. So, um, Lana continues, the final merging of Mark and Stephen is by far the most tender and emotional scene of this story. Stephen asks Mark if he is not real. How can he remember specific details of his childhood? Mark responds that Stephen has been with him since childhood and that those memories are real. I feel for Stephen in this scene because Mark's explanations are filled with misunderstandings about the nature of DID, the same misunderstandings that hurt me back when we were misdiagnosed. This scene reminded me so much of some of the conversations that Doug and I had back when we were trying to find a way to merge the two of us together. The last lines of dialogue between Mark and Stephen felt like Lemire had a tape recorder in our head all those years ago, and then there's a, a snippet here of a, um, of what that kind of how that played out. So Lena says, "Just, just promise me you'll find a way to be happy," and Doug responds, "I will. I'll do everything I can, and you'll always be with me." Goodbye, Lena. Lena says goodbye, Doug. I'm pretty sure Doug didn't go to a mental hospital to try to kill Conchu after that, but but I know that he did. Like Mark, feel very alone. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously a very personal um, connection that Lena has found in that bit of writing with Lemire, um, and that was a really good scene between Mark and Steve Stephen as well. Um, yeah, mm, uh, I think they embraced as well at the end, towards the end of that. Um, but yeah,
1: well, that brings us to the end of the issue. So it's time for ratings. I'm going to give each single issue that I write about two ratings, one for my opinion of the issue as a comic book story, purely based on the quality of the art and writing. And one for my opinion, based on the portrayal of DID and or mental health issues in general, then I will average out the two for my overall ratings As a comic book story, I thought that this issue was very good. The art, both in the line work and the colors, was very dynamic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, The dialogue was very interesting and emotional and really got to the core of the characters. For the first rating, I'll give it a waxing gibbous. A big fat (laughs) one. A 9 out of 10.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Um, sorry, Chad. I want to also backtrack a bit as well because there was that um, there was a point that Lena mentioned. It's quite interesting. Like Jake as Moon Knight. Um, yeah, I mean, no, that that's so different because like in the main run as well, there was never real. So like Moon Knight was <laughs> to be, to be honest, I mean that was all a little bit it played out a little bit different in the eighties. Um, I think I find it interesting that Jake and Moon Knight are, are now associated together. And we see that also later on in the Beamus run. Um and, and it's been it goes as far back as um as Shadowland as well. And oh, I can't remember, but definitely Shadowland, where Jake Lockley is the violent one, you know, and Beamus picks mm-hmm. up on that as well. Lemire does that as well. Um it's just interesting that identity wise, Jake Lockley is Moon Knight it just it's weird it's it's strange um within a DID system uh, and and I guess that's where Lana was going towards it's almost as if is that is that are they meant to have merged or something um because we know historically Moon Knight and Jake Lockley have been very different you know they've been they've been independent characters so to speak um but yeah I just found that interesting
1: it's starting to kind of feel like Between the different like altars and Mark It's not so much Like just saying it's black or white mm. You're kind of borrowing from different colors Each time you're yeah. getting a fragmented altar So it's like you get Mark Spector A little bit of yeah. Jake Lockley You have Moon Knight uh, yeah, You get a little bit yeah. of You have Stephen Grant and Mark all of a sudden, you're making Mr.
0: Knight. Yeah, I, yeah, I get what you mean, and, that, and that's actually a very good point because, um, yeah, they bleed and overlap each other, right? You know, these identities aren't like like set in stone. I guess I mean there are bits of them that that do overlap. So yeah, the violent side, the violent tendencies, Jake Lockley and Moon Knight. I guess they kind of intertwine, uh, and maybe maybe that's kind of what Lemire um, through Mark was kind of insinuating. That, you know, you guys are together, so to speak. But I, again, I don't know how that works within a DID system. So, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Again, Lena. Um, yeah, interesting concept as well. But um, yeah, I guess that's another question. What of that? Of of um, common traits or potentially overlapping personalities <laughs> or behaviours between alters and systems? Like, how does that? How does that work? Because, as as Chad said, yeah. I'd imagine it's not clear cut. It's not black and white. You don't have A, B, C. Um, because you're all part of the same thing, right? You're all, you're all part of the, the one. Um, so it's, you're all taking from that pizza is all taking from the same dough, <laughs> you know? So, um, anyway. <laughs> um, anyway, nine out of 10. Uh, I would, I, could, I would have given that issue a pretty high rating as well can't think of anyone that hasn't. Yeah, exactly. It's damn good material. It is very good. It's very good. And I'm I'm hoping to do my reread of the Lemire run again in its entirety. Um, Yeah, just because it's 14 issues. It's easy to to go through, but there's so much packed into it. Um, Yeah. uh, To cap off Lena's article... So to finish, so she'd given nine out of ten on the comics side of things. As a depiction of DID, I liked it a little bit less, but I didn't hate it by any means. As I talked about in this article, there were several th- several things that didn't ring true to me. But as I also said, these are common misconceptions and ones that we are uh, ourselves believed back when we were misdiagnosed. It wasn't nearly as negative and stigmatizing as a lot of other fictional stories about DID. In fact. Uh, it very much seemed like Lamia was trying very hard to get it right and to show an empathetic portrayal of someone with DID. And like I said, the last scene between Mark and Stephen was so spot on to our own experiences of trying to merge that it hurt to read it. So it loses a few points for not being totally factually accurate or up to date with the current understanding of DID, but it gains a lot of points for being sensitive and emotionally accurate. I'll give, I'll give it a three quarter moon, seven and a half out of ten for the drd portrayal side of it uh, this gives us an av- overall average of a waxing gibbous but a little bit thinner one, but a, a little bit thinner one um, at 8.25 out of 10 still a pretty damn good score <laughs> uh, that wraps it up for this issue the next one i'll be writing about will be the ne- very next issue in this run issue 10 birth and death part one May Conchie watch over the denizens of the night. Lena, thank you very much, Lena. That, um, again, a, a thoroughly enjoyable article to go through, Chad. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I look forward to, to learning more uh, from Lena as we go along and to see how that relates to the comics.
1: Definitely. I mean, as, you know, the comics have been progressing and, you know, our diagnosis and understanding of DID has been maturing over the years. It's It's only getting better.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's almost a shame, like Jed McKay, I mean, he said as well, uh, he's taken a different route uh, and he's, um, I guess, not delving too much into the D.I.D. It's more about that. um, What's it called? Uh, uh, he, he, He termed it in issue one. Where it's more about that god affecting the mind, the deity and, and what it does to Mark. Yeah. I, I think that's a very good angle. It's a very cool angle. But I, I a little bit of me kind of feels for oh it would be really cool to to get Lena's thoughts on on how Jed would portray it. But um maybe hopefully if we get a longer run from Jed, maybe he'll turn to it to D I D. Um I think he'll do pretty well. Uh he's a he's a he's a very gifted writer. So there you go loonies that is understanding DRD part 2 hope you enjoyed it any questions um please uh just post them up uh in our group uh address them towards uh, Lena um, or Doug um and yeah and uh look forward to to hearing from you let let us know what you think of of our chat about it as well um so it's always interesting to hear what others thought um and what, what others have learned as well. Um, and it's great to have this resource in, in Lena, as well as we, we do have others, uh, Jbird, a bit of a shout out to Jaybird. uh, they're, um, uh, within the system as well. They're, they're part of the group. So, uh, very interesting. Anyway, Chad, let us take a quick, short break uh and when we come back loonies we're going to wrap up the show but not before just a a bit of feedback from you all so (laughs) so uh see you soon i am connor from the house of El, and i am ray from the house of zod we are two of the many many survivors of krypton's destruction and we have made our home in australia and dare i say have become Australians, for better or worse. But we have also decided to read Superman comics, read Superman books, watch Superman shows, cartoons, movies, basically everything Superman, and from an Australian perspective as well. Whether you're a seasoned fan, like me, or whether you are coming in fresh, wide-eyed and wanting to learn more like me, then this podcast is for you. Join us for our bi-weekly adventures available on all good podcast catches. So just search for Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. We'll be coming to you from Australia or some cosmic dimension, wherever we are that week. Up, 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 and away! away.
1: Hi, this is Declan Shalvey, artist, former artist of Moon Knight, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast.
0: Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 237, and what you just heard on the other side of the break was a breakdown of an article by Lena, one of our valued loonies, uh, who was part of a DID system, uh, and then it is our second part to understanding DID a bit more. So, you know, just learn a bit more, uh, understand your, your favorite character, Moon Knight, a bit more, and see how he's presented, uh, represented, uh, with DID in the comics. But, uh, Chad, we, we do have a bit of feedback, uh, just for some previous episodes that I want to capture, uh, and just to shout out, uh, these loonies. So, uh, why don't we just alternate between the two? I'm going to kick off with Numero Uno on our Facebook page in response to our previous episode, where Justin and I discussed the Marvel Fanfare 38. Whatever happened to Podunk, Podunk Slam? Uh, a new time listener, <laughs> a youngin by the name of Chad Jernigan. <laughs> Any relation, Chad? I don't know. <laughs> He, uh, Chad writes, I had never read this before. It wasn't what I'd expect from a Moon Knight story at all. No, I'm not fond of boy bands, but I sort of empathise with Podunk Slam. As well as they were stealing their vigour from their fans when opportunity presented itself and the morality was weighed, they gave it back with zero hesitation. That's true. Um, I was kind of surprised with Frenchie's enthusiasm, but hey, different strokes for different folks. I'd give this a four out of ten. It was unique, but didn't seem to really pull its weight in any categories, though it was slightly amusing. So, Chad, wow, 4 out of 10. I would have thought maybe, you know, give it a pass mark at least. <laughs> hey, I'm
1: honest, if anything. Yeah,
0: no, that's, that's fair enough. It, it, again, if anything, it was an, an odd tale. It's a strange one. Uh, I guess that's why we have Marvel Fanfare. or We had Marvel Fanfare. Yeah.
1: Okay, next up is Jordan Haggerty from the Facebook group. Fun story. Perfect little supernatural adventure for Moon Knight. I really liked the panel where the artifact is destroyed and the curse of Koala Mumba. Was it Koala? Yeah, it
0: was. Jeez.
1: Um, Let's see. Was destroyed and the curse of Koala Mumba lifts. Also really enjoyed Mark looking over to Frenchie and he's bopping along like my brother to NSYNC. Also, Moon Knight getting mauled by young teenage girls was priceless. That was awesome. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> The editorial for the beginning was worth a chuckle as Moon Knight fan reading this in a Moon Knight Marvel fanfare. I was reminded of colorist Christy uh, Shiel and letter Janice Schlein, or, yes, eyes
0: and
1: Yeah. And their great work on Moon Knight. We often talk about the writer and the penciler, but man, Moon Knight had an entire team of amazing artists. Um, and then for Doug oh, hang on. Vincent. Uh, yeah,
0: so sorry, just a big thanks to Jordan as well. Um, awesome to always hear from you, Jordan, fellow Petruni. Uh But yeah, yeah, great artists. Um, I mean, we are lucky. Um, writers. I, I think and artists as well. Like, you look at De- Declan Shelby, Greg Smallwood. Look at the colorist, Geordie Belair. Fantastic, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, look, I'll, I'll take this other one. Then uh, the next one. Okay. Um, the next one is from, and it is from Doug from the the system. Um, again, this is for Marvel Fanfare Thirty Eight. Uh, this has uh, this has got to be one of the goofiest Moon Knight stories ever. I thought it was bad, but then I realised it had crossed over (laughs) into so bad is good territory. (laughs) Um, It felt like Scooby-Doo meets Moon Knight. The art was really good, but the skin-tight mask was a little weird and off-putting. Yeah, that was a strange aspect. Overall, I'd give it a waning gibbous about 6 out of 10. Yeah, I think that was kind of what I gave it, Doug. Um, couldn't agree with you more. If anything, it was a unique take on the on the mask. I thought it was good, and uh, and just going back to Jordan's comments, um, Moon Knight being mauled by by um, girl fans, oh, man, you, you're not going to get that anywhere else. So I kind of like and I kinda love that.
1: <laughs> uh, let's see. Next up is YouTube's responses, and uh, first up is CMK Seven, uh, boot boots and all that jazz. <laughs> Uh, great and hilarious show, guys. You had me laughing my butt off. I really enjoyed Mooney tearing up the Secret Avengers, or teaming up, sorry, teaming up with the Secret Avengers, probably my favorite as brief as it was. That or maybe Heroes for oh, Hire. Yeah. But it was painfully clear Mooney had no desire to act with the team, unless he was calling all the shots. Maybe. And with the song I mentioned, it is indeed very dry ice <laughs> and very hairy firming. Check out the video. Lol. I certainly know it won't jive with most, but check out the synthesizer bridges at around 218. It gives me an almost mysterious Egyptian feel.
0: They're probably just. <laughs> I'll have to uh, take your word for it there, Chris. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, but yeah, so that was for a comment for episode two hundred and thirty-five, where Nolan, Justin, and myself talked about Moon Knight and teams, like the the teams that Moon Knight would be associated with. So yeah, heroes for hire. We didn't mention that. So that's a good. Um, that's a good call. And uh, that song that Chris is referring to, uh, Gino. I get this wrong. Virginia. Vanelli, I think, uh, very yeah. kind of 80s. <laughs> it was, I listened to that on the way to the supermarket the other day. I just had to cackle. Uh, that was funny stuff. Um, but I might have to look at the video now. So, <laughs> so thank you, Chris. Um, and finally, Chris has responded to our latest episode, not this one, of course, uh, episode 236 on Boy Bands Are Evil on, again, Marvel Fanfare 38. Uh, great review, guys. Yet another weird Marvel Fanfare issue for Moon Knight but as Justin pointed out, appropriately weird for a Moon Knight story. The comment that it's not Tolstoy had me rolling on the floor laughing. I remember at around this time, Marvel was really pushing for this new Fista Moon Knight with plentiful ad spots, swag, or t-shirts, or yes please, and appearances like in West Coast Avengers and here in Marvel Fanfare. I guess it kind of stuck in that most fans still equate Mooney's Power's with the phases of the moon. Yeah, and that's something that we we discussed, Chad. It, it's so weird because in my lurking uh, online of other Moon Knight places and stuff, and, and I see comments from people who uh, clearly aren't, you know, haven't, haven't followed Moon Knight for a long time, um, one of the first impressions is that Moon Knight has, like, powers. He's got super strength um, all to do with the phase of the moon. But as I mentioned in that episode... That's only that was only during Fissacancho and around the West Coast Avengers. Like, if you look at the whole scheme of things, it didn't last. It wasn't wasn't a lasting thing, but it seems to have longevity because people seem to associate it with it. Also, the fact that it's it's maybe a logical thing. Like, who's this Moon guy? What the hell did he, what the hell does he do? He's got to have something. Oh, it's got to maybe maybe the moon.
1: Oh, I mean, and he tends to have like these weird outbursts where he does crazy absolutely bonkers things like flattening uh an, an engine block on a jeep during the
0: secret <laughs> avengers it's like
1: he didn't even have any powers
0: yeah
1: how do you do that
0: yeah 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 <laughs> oh of course we get later on the power of crazy from bemis so <laughs> let's not get started uh, that might have to be shelved i must say for for a, a bit um yeah, I like a lot of Bemis's. Don't get me wrong. Um, I know people have other views of Bemis's run, but, uh, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Loonies, that pretty much wraps up the Nightlines, the feedback. Thank you so much. And as mentioned, uh, I might, I don't know, I might try to put up a post or something about this understanding DID part two. Uh, if you have any questions or actually just, just drop them in the comments of when this episode drops. Um, in the comment section, uh, be really cool to hear from you what you think uh, of your thoughts. But thank you, please keep them coming. I l- we love getting feedback. Uh, thank you so much, one and all. Uh, that pretty much wraps us up. Um, before we go, Chad, of of course, a huge thank you for for coming on. Um, always fun to have you on. Um, I know it's a, again very strange hours of the morning for you, but that's. Situation normal, um, I guess, uh, for Chad. Uh, yes, status quo. Status quo. Uh, Spectacle-wise, is there anything that you'd like to shout out?
1: Um, I mean, if you're into retro anime, I kind of do a page, Captain Harlock in the Arcadia. Mm-hmm. Just do a lot of memes about Captain Harlock. Been going for a little bit over a year now. Nice.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. And uh, Shadow Man, right? Come on. No?
1: Oh. Well, I'm kind of doing a little one for uh, Shadow Man. You know, the valiant Shadow Man, not the Acclaim Shadow
0: Man. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, again, uh, information will be in the show notes. Uh, yeah. Uh, for that, uh, go check it out as well. As well as you can, um, see, you can see Chad in and around uh, the community as well. Uh, I'm sure check can answer your questions on I don't know, um on <laughs> I'm just trying to think of something random on on coffee, but you probably won't get that reference because uh that would have been edited out of this episode. <laughs> anyway, uh next phase Looney's episode two hundred and thirty eight. Chad. Now would you be able to join us for a little bit of a chin wag? Of course. Excellent. Glad to have you on board, Chad. Will be actually this is more honest. I, I know I, I play this charade with Noel, and he always gives me crap for it. But literally, we aren't we aren't recording back to back, so it's not like I'm asking Chad if he will join us. And five minutes later, he will. Um, lit, we we are going to space this out a week apart. So as I said, we've got to wait until the new uh, issue drops on Wednesday. Uh, So episode 238 will be a new comic book review. Uh and Chad and Rebecca fingers crossed will be able to join us and we're gonna go through the latest run, uh latest issue by Jed McKay, Alessandra Capuccio and Rochelle Rosenberg. Uh should be a fantastic one. We've been loving issues one and two so far. Issue three, Hunter's Moon on the front cover, gimme, gimme, gimme. That's all I can say. <laughs> so <laughs> Um So that should be fun. It should be fun to have you over there, Chad, as well. Uh well, I mean, look, uh, this is an idle chat. I usually just give a, a very short, sharp farewell and a thank you. I'm not going to go through an outro because I've got a pre-recorded thing for that, but uh, once again, Chad, um, yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks so much. Um, any other final thoughts you want to bestow upon the loonies before we before we get to part?
1: Um, I'm just going to remind um, let's see, <laughs> a certain looney. That we have a bet going, but, you know, we had to drop out on certain fronts. But I'm still saying Hunter's Moon. It's a lycanthropic moon Oh, bruised.
0: yeah. Okay, yeah, we, we got the bet. better are on. better are on. Um, I'm going to say Noel's a bookie. Hit Noel up for, <laughs> for odds. <laughs> um, why not? But, uh, Lenny, thank you so much. And, uh, yeah, we'll catch you... Uh, Most likely in the weekend for for our new comic book review. So enjoy the comic on Wednesday. And, uh, yeah, we'll hear from you soon. Catch you later. Please consider checking out our Into the Night Patreon page on patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. There are plenty of incentives there, like uncut material, bonus episodes, and more. And any contribution will help expand the show. We're sponsored by Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, and you can support his Patreon page at patreon.com fringenight twenty-seven. Also, Tombs by Drew Tombs can be supported via his SoundCloud website on SoundCloud.com slash tombs with a Z. Drew Toombs also produces horror and sci-fi based music on Lurk Music. That's Lurk Music with a CK. And you can support his music on Bandcamp at lurkmusic.bandcamp.com. We're also sponsored by Dreamland Comics, the superhero superstore. Use the code MOON to get a promo of 20% off any online back issues. Finally, we're part of The Collective, which is an informal network of like-minded podcasters. It's a repository of ideas, and we also like crossing over and supporting each other. Please check out all of these shows in our show notes under The Collective. Moon Knight and Affiliated Characters' Stories and Events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated.